keep your head to the sky no matter what's going on Don't think about the past, look forward to where you're going Can't appreciate the sun unless you've been through the storm And walked out okay and seen it was better days Live life with no regrets and learn from your mistakes Welcome to another episode of Failing Like Champions. We all know that life has a tendency to throw a sucker punch and knock us down when we least expect it, but we have a choice. We can get back up, keep fighting, keep pushing, or we can stay down for the count. As business owners and entrepreneurs, we know that failure is just one step on the path of success. So I'd like to introduce my co-host today, George Slaughter. Hello, everybody. My name is George Slaughter. I am the Entrepreneur's Coach. I help businesses win, get focused, fast. I help them figure out a new path to success. And I'm Matt Nagel, a professional problem solver with a law degree. So I'm the managing partner of the Bi-State Law Center, where we do all kinds of litigation and help business owners solve their problems so they can keep moving forward towards that success. You know what's funny is, man, I've spent the last week and a half on the Clubhouse app, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's amazing. It's a great platform. I've been moderating a couple of rooms and spending some time with some very quality people. But one of the things that I noticed is that you get a lot of these people in these rooms and in these coaching and all of these other things that they do, and they go like, win, win, win. All you got to do is win and get out there and win and focus on your, your goals and all this other stuff. But they never tell people that winning requires that falling flat on your face a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Winning requires working on your free throws for seven hours a day when it requires getting knocked down and hurt and alienating people i was in a coaching session earlier today it's like some people are just not going to get it right sometimes there's 99 people that say i don't understand what you're doing why are you doing this you're crazy and then there's that one voice that says hey man i'm rooting for you those are your people because the more time you spend worrying about what the 99 have to say, that one person over there that's rooting for you is getting neglected. And I would rather find that one person out there that's rooting for me and embrace that and say, hey, you know what? <clears throat> I'll give you a call every other day, once a week, until we win this thing. Because I don't want to spend my time in the virtual pity party that these other people are trying to create for me. And I think that's something that doesn't get acknowledged a lot, is that success is a really lonely journey. We see athletes or movie stars or successful business owners Mm -hmm. towards the end of that journey, or they've hit the goal, they've found that success, or the success on the road they're on at the moment, and they've got hangers on, they've got groupies, they've got their posse, they're spending money, they're having fun, but what you don't see, and they never show this in the media, is that the long hours that they spent honing their craft failing those attempts, picking themselves back up, and figuring out how to do it right, Mm -hmm. whether that's shooting millions of free throws or that's revising your business plan for Mm -hmm. the 50th time or you're reading another book Mm -hmm. or in another book or you're watching somebody else how they did it on either a youtube video or in person we don't see that part because it's not sexy it's not glamorous it's no fun to talk about and it's lonely it's a lot easier to like go hang out with your buddies and play video games than it is to shoot free throws in the rain but i used to challenge people one of the things i used to do is like and I can't remember one person that would pass this challenge. They were, I would say pick 
pick a, like a, a music video, right? A three and a half minute music video from Beyonce or whoever, right? And guess what? I want you to watch all of the practice rehearsal videos that led up to that. It, it took months, days, hours, wow. overnight. To even thousands of hours, thousands of hours of to make a three minute video just to learn the dance steps probably had to take a thousand hours by itself because it's not just the singer. It's the backup dancer, right? The video guy, the sound guy, the caterer, all right. these people coming together, their time and effort and energy also goes into that. How many minutes. times did they fail just to make that three minute video? How many times did you fall down, get your feet massaged or, you know, pull a, pull a hammy? Like Tom Cruise trying to make MI6 and falling off the building because he wants to do his own stunts, right? That's feeling like a champion. <laughs> and I don't think anybody would argue, however you feel about Tom Cruise, he is a champion of his craft. At 60. And he still wants to hang on the side of helicopters. I'm good. <laughs> you know what? I applaud him for it. I think it would be awesome. Most people think he's insane. I just don't think I could do it. When you've been doing something all of your life, though, you know, it's like, you know, I look at Mike Tyson and his most recent fight, right? He's been doing it his entire life. So for Mike Tyson to get back in fight shape, fight form, it's a lot shorter path than a guy like me who hasn't, you know, never been in that realm, who's pretty, a little bit younger. But I'm not going, I mean, for me to get in that type of fight shape, it would take forever you're probably talking about that kind of shape decade yeah to go from where you are now to what mike tyson's fighting at now yeah it's probably a decade sure i mean that's where he's fighting at now right i'll never get to where he was fighting at then <laughs> well to be fair george a lot of professional boxers are never going to get to that <laughs> right but it's it's interesting you bring up the clubhouse app i also got an invitation i've been on it a lot i've been hosting a room every tuesday and thursday that's slowly growing yeah but I have noticed a lot of the messages on there are a lot of the rah-rah, you can do it if you mm -hmm. work hard and focus yeah. on your goals. Right. There's a lot of coaches on there telling you how to do it, even though they've never done it. <laughs> and I see a lot of kind of the rehashed, reverbed messages that we've gotten from other thought leaders in the space. But ultimately, I think it's just a really exciting kind of new ground for people to interact. Yeah. People latch on to these people because they have had success doing it their way. But just because they're doing it their way doesn't mean that it's going to work for you, right? A lot of people say, hey, you know what? Or some people just want to, you know, attach their name to a bigger celebrity to attract people that they think are beneath them to make money. You know, I am a XYZ. I don't want to throw anybody's name out there. But my coach is XYZ. And I'm an XYZ coach. And if you want to learn the XYZ method, come follow me. And the XYZ method works for a lot of people. But it works for less people than it helps. And I am a military kid, as you know. And I call St. Louis home. You know, we've been here the longest. I've always come back to St. Louis after I've left. But I definitely have developed that show-me state mentality. My obstinance or just the way I was brought up or the way that I've, you know, gotten back up after my own sure. failures. I don't really care who your coach was. I don't really care, like, what you think you know. Show me. And speaking of the show me state, you know, I read an article today from Fox News. Oh, well, tell me more about this, George, because Fox News is always my go-to source for um, 
It's the online yeah. version. Yeah, something. Hey, don't don't hate on Fox News, man. Don't be don't be a racist. Um, <laughs> don't, don't be a leftist. Whatever it is, Fox News is fine. Missouri was reportedly the most stressed state in 2020. And what in the world was the basis for that? Well, it was based on a poll. <laughs> Nobody asked me. I would ask. I me. wasn't stressed. Now, if they had asked either one of us, it probably would have gone higher. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Where do you got number Natural one? relaxia found in a sample for 12,500 Americans. So that's a pretty big sample size for 30 million people. Wait, hold it. They asked 12,000 Americans? 12,500. Don't forget the other 500. Not 12,500 Missourians, but just nationwide, 12,500 random people. Yeah. And it was... uh, Okay. Apparently, natural relaxia is a British news agency. (laughs) So some British people came over and asked 12,500 random people. They probably met it. LaGuardia, mm. JFK. I never have no left idea. The I'm not trying to 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 give validity or credence to the article. Neither am I trying to tear it down. I'm just curious to know. I could probably say that Missouri is a stressful place, based on my experience. So, George, I want to get into your experience, and I, I want to hear that. But I will attack the validity and the credibility <laughs> of that study. What time we got? Well, and I think this is just, and we could spend a whole episode on this, but generally one of the biggest problems in modern society, and I think one of the things that adds a lot of stress to everyone's life, is this information just gets thrown at us. Oh, Missouri, you're the most stressful state in the union. Right. Based off literally a statistically anomaly. Like, you can't even count that as a statistical study because it's such a small sample size. Sure. They may not have even talked to people from, like, 37 states. They just happened to talk to, like, five guys from Wichita and 10 guys from Kansas City. And they were like, well, Kansas City is a tougher place to live than Wichita, Missouri. Most (laughs) stressful ever. And they did that in a British accent, which I won't try to emulate. But they're throwing this at us like it's a fact. And they don't expect us to necessarily do anything with it or act on it. But I just wanted you to click this. But see, that's the thing. do the ads on the side of my web page. Right. And that's the thing, see. It's all clickbait. The world is gone clickbait. I read, I read two sentences. Those two sentences I just read all out mm-hmm. without going deeper to the article because I did read the entire article earlier and there's some good points in there. My point is, the first two sentences summarized it for you. You know, before you try to go deep into this, we only interviewed 12,500 people and we named your state the most stressful out of 12,500 people um, versus in 330 million that live here. And again, what what percentage of the population is that? I can't even. Dave, I, what's the pie? Oh, sorry. Yeah. What's the, the math on that? It would take more digits than pi. Take 12,500 12, divided by 330 million is what? How many zeros before you even get to a percentage? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. That's three, three, zero. <laughs> you know, and it's a grain of salt. Zeros. It's a grain of salt. On a beach. But it's so statistically insignificant. Zero, 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 three, seven, eight, seven, repeated. Right. So Correct. we're not even at like a hundredth of a percent. Right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. But they're going to make a conclusion and then push it on us. What's well, Expect us to believe it and read it. But that's not what the headline said. It said Missouri's most stressful state. It didn't say we took a poll and here's what 12,000 Well, psychologically, psychologically, when you read something like that in passing or somebody reshares it on their Facebook page, 
and you go, oh no, I live in the most stressful state of the United States. And so, George. Read, please. You know that I am a skeptic. Use logic. By nature and by training. It's what I do as a lawyer. We look at things in a very critical eye. I wonder if the name of the state would change based on where your IP address was from. <laughs> so literally, the article said whatever state you're in right now is the most stressful state yeah. to get you to click on it. Yeah, in 2020. In 2020. I'm, if they, that seems totally... It's There's a lot of things about living in Missouri that stress me out versus living in other places. Well, what are those? What are those Missouri stressors? As a whole, just based on the last eight months, Missouri has an internal struggle between who it wants to be as a society. Is it rural? Is it urban? We've got two, two large urban areas in this state, but we also got some of the you know more rural places in this state. We got a, a blue contingency in the, in the major cities. We got a red contingency outside the major cities. We have economic disparity, a lot of antiquated laws in Missouri, things like that. I never had to take a $2,000, $4,000 check down to pay taxes when I bought a car. Who does that? People right? in lots of states. I've never lived in one of those before that. Well, you purchase a car, you get a loan, you pay the taxes through the loan. That was the way I was always, that was the way it always worked for me. And you can still do that in Missouri. You yeah, just got to tell the dealership. It's so hard, though. But there's lots of states that have personal property tax. It yeah. works exactly the same. Personal property tax, yeah, that's a whole nother story. It sounds like the person you bought the car from just didn't give you the option. Most people don't take the option. Well, most people don't, most dealers don't offer the option. I work well, in a dealership. Because they don't make any money off of that. <laughs> that's why they don't care. It's a different story, but you can sell more car. Sure. Right, because then the loan is lower. Yeah, well, you can yeah. sell more car. You you can sell more car because hey, you know what? This that four thousand dollars that you're going to pay your taxes with, you could use that. You could put that toward the purchase of the car and get more car. And they just don't mention you still got to pay taxes. Well, the taxes come out of the loan. It's going to be amortized over the the the, the they, loan. Same it, way they do on leases. It can be sure, but it sounds like your dealer didn't. Tell that to you, dude. No dealer tells you that to, to the. This is more paperwork You're for right. them. So my sister and the responsibility shifts to the lender. That's not technically accurate, but my sister just bought a car. Mm-hmm. And same thing. They were trying to sell her this and sell her that, and they didn't mention that to her. And I looked at the paperwork. She brought me along. You know, that's what I do. I'm a lawyer, and I said, number one, when you walked out of here and went to go talk to your boss up in little like screened in dais. Here's what we asked for. And you came back. I used to be that guy in screen well, and dice. And you came back, and these numbers don't reflect what we agreed to sitting here at the desk. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, we want the taxes wrapped into the loan. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, all this with all that. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. And I realized that you got to fill out one more piece of paper. Mm-hmm. But that's what we want. Right. And he's like, well, and we didn't talk about that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I want to bother the guy with it. Well, that's your job. And again, it's about being informed as a consumer. And the dealers are doing the, doing the consumer a disservice. Form. Some guy go home, some guy goes home, you know, thinking he's got all this stuff together. Mm-hmm. Something happens, and the next thing you know, he's on a temp tag for 90 days because he can't gra- scrape up the money to pay the taxes. And that's that is mostly on the dealer, I think, for not informing the consumer. But the consumer needs to know. But the consumer also goes in. You gotta know your rights. Exactly. I think the consumer has to be informed about what their responsibilities are Mm -hmm. and what their options are. It ain't hard. I mean, literally, you could Google that or like the attorney general for the state of Missouri puts out a whole pamphlet specifically on what we're talking about. Sure. Like, I think it's literally called 
your options buying a car in Missouri. Since we're on that subject, another dumb thing. I bought a new car this year, paid my taxes, went to the DMV, got my tag all within the same week, right? Can't be riding dirty. So, so you want a one-year tag or a two-year tag? Hmm, let me think. I'll take a two-year tag. I don't want to have to come do this again next year. What they don't tell you is, by the way, the tag is for two years, but the off-year in between, we're still going to send you a bill for your personal property tax. They send you a year every They send you a bill every year. The, the, the illusion of buying a two-year tag, if it's not, if you don't understand it, especially wow. if you're coming from another state, if you don't understand that the two-year tag is, it'll keep you from getting pulled over for two years, but that property, their personal property tax is going to come in 21. Sometime sure. within the next three weeks, I'm going to get a personal property tax and, for 21. And I, I understand the confusion, but those are technically separate taxes that go to separate state organizations. One comes from the county, one comes from the actual state. The tag, the money goes to the state. The county is the one who sends you the personal property tax that you get every year. Now, if you're coming from a different state, I understand the confusion. But, like, go to Illinois. They don't charge you for your car. There's no personal property tax in your car there. Never paid that before I got but here wait until your real estate bill comes. <laughs> well, your real estate tax bill in Illinois yeah. or, like, Texas. Sure. Holy shnikes. Shnikes? Are we on my, the I think my now? mom pays something like 14 or 15%. And the value of her real estate is taxed. Wow. Which is way higher, George, than paying the tag bill to the Secretary of State or the Department of Revenue or the real property tax on your car. Sure. And here we're like five or six percent and we complain like crazy. On what? The house? Correct. We're like five or six percent. Different areas, I think it goes up to nine. It's about nine on cars mostly too. Yeah, but nine percent on twenty thousand versus fifteen percent on three hundred or four hundred or eight hundred thousand. Dave we can make you do the math. Hey, man. But I'm telling you, your real estate tax bill gets exceedingly high compared to the tax on your car. Yeah, but I, I get your point. Yeah. Paying taxes is stressful. Every state other than Tennessee, you have to pay a certain type of tax. They get you coming or going. Some states, they get you going for both. It's just, it's life. In the I just states. I just want people. Except in Tennessee. But a lot of people don't know that. You know, a lot of people think when they go out and get these two-year tags that they they don't have to pay that middle year as far as taxes and don't understand the separation between county and state. And I, as you just explained, I can empathize, but I I can't, I can't. So I had this discussion the other day, Mm -hmm. but I feel like at some point as a like grown up Mm -hmm. adulting, you understand what your obligations are. And for example, the context, we had a lawsuit, we were suing a homeowner and this person owned a house in a subdivision in a neighborhood, but didn't have homeowner's insurance. Okay. I'm not even sure how this happened. And her response was, well, I didn't know I was supposed to have that. Absence of evidence. It's not the evidence of absence. Well, and honestly, George, that just blew my mind. Like, and this girl was, you know, in her early 30s, 32, 33. And if you lived on the planet that many years, at some point, wouldn't you have been exposed to somebody talking about homeowner's insurance they explained it to you when you bought the damn house i would you went you didn't close without it you didn't close without it you can't move into an apartment complex without renter's insurance these days a lot of people do if you're renting from some schmo who just who's a real estate investor but if you move into a place where they have an uh uh, property manager yeah correct there's a lot of places where you say oh yeah i'll I'll get you that certificate Mm -hmm. and they just never do it 
Or, but again, I still don't understand how this girl didn't have homeowner's insurance, but her response just confounded me that I didn't know I was supposed to do that. You'd be surprised. But similarly, right? Like, of course you got to pay tax. In Missouri, they have personal property taxes. Sure. You pay taxes on your car, your ATV, your boat. Right. You also have to pay real estate tax, mm-hmm. which is your house. If you don't own it, you don't got to pay taxes on it. <laughs> but when I explain this to people, they look at me like, I'm like Nostradamus or something. I'm giving them <laughs> this vision of the future that they have never even imagined. Mm. And it's like, this is just basic adulting. So but they don't even teach kids anymore how to balance their checkbooks. So what do I Well, know? yeah, that, that's not a skill that we teach our kids in school, which is a whole nother podcast. So sports. Oh, is that the transition? We're go we're going from not knowing how to balance a checkbook to talking about the Mets. Yeah, let's talk about the Mets. <laughs> so Steve Cohen, uh Playboy billionaire, decides he wants to own a major league baseball team. Yeah. He's uh got some problems. Yeah, his he, first hire didn't go so well. Mr. Porter, the new GM. Well, it turns out he had a little uh couple of skeletons in the closet. And one of them <laughs> he had a, a stray bone get loose. Yeah, one of them was just a bone. <laughs> well, what happened? There was this uh, young lady he found interesting. And uh, he thought the way to woo her was to uh, send her unsolicited pictures of himself. And 62 unreturned text messages. So apparently it started off. He was text. They text back and forth for a couple of times. Apparently, after the first couple of interactions, he didn't understand what ghosting really means. That she once she stopped returning text messages, that she's like, "This isn't going anywhere. I'm not going to confront you. I'm not going to tell you to leave me alone. I'm just not going to return your text messages." So, sixty-two text te- messages later, and a few uh, unsolicited dick pics. <laughs> somebody else had to intervene and take her phone and say, "Hey, man, cut this shit out." I think the the crucial adjective there is unsolicited. Unsolicited. I'm not even just in the solicited one. I don't care. Nothing ever good happens involving unsolicited. True story. And so, George, honestly, there's so many topics that we could talk about out of a story like it's this. Been, it's been broke today, man. It's been the hottest <laughs> subject other than Pat Mahone's concussion. But uh, I, I think it's... You want to talk about Pat Mahone's concussion? No. Oh, no. Okay. But I think it is of note simply because he's such a high-ranking official... In a major sports franchise, they're one of the few sport franchises in Major League Baseball that are actually doing anything in the offseason. You know, right. The Mets are spending money. They're acquiring players. They're making this big push. It's essentially World Series or bust. They're giving themselves three years. When it comes down to sexual stuff, baseball's pretty been pretty clean. You, you know, know, they went from steroids to, you know, the, the steroid scandal. But as far as, you know, uh, you know, abuse and People getting kicked in hotel rooms and stuff like that. Baseball's been pretty, you know. And I'm not going to be naive enough to think that it doesn't happen or that people aren't being harassed or there aren't other unsolicited picks. <laughs> right. They're the opposite of MMA. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I just – part of that, I think, is baseball's persona. I think part of that is because baseball has so many players over such a large geographic region. I mean, people care, but it's not a big story when it happens. There was a, a pitching coach made a comment to a female reporter who had to apologize and then had to yeah. re-apologize after sure. they won the pennant. And sure. you know the stories come out all the time, and I don't, mm. you know, I don't think we're here to comment on validity of those things or if they're important or not. Right. When you're when you're the story of the sport in the off season, yeah. and then all of a sudden your dick lands on the front page, 
It's got to give people something to talk about. Hey, man. Some people read the newspaper in the nude. Um, when you come to the conclusion about this whole thing, there is an unwritten rule about dealing with the opposite sex via text message. There is a limit to how many text messages that should go unreturned. And 62 is probably at least 64 too many. Well, and <laughs> you know, I mean, you just you just get the you get the message. You get the message. Or you 62 or you should. And again, from a larger perspective, even in a business context, you can only reach out to a client so many times before you should get I've never reached message. to I've never reached out to a client 62 times without a response. No. I I don't even know. I would even reach out to my mom 62 times without a response. Really? I would make sure, as long as I knew she was okay. My mom didn't respond after like. (laughs) As long as I knew she was okay, right? Five times I'd go see her. Like if my mom, if if like my mom, if I, if I, if I text my mom or call my mom 62 times, but I see her on Facebook, like, you know, sitting on the beach drinking Coronas, I'm like, damn, my mom must not love me no more. But you don't just, but if it's 62, 60, who does that? And so at that point, it's not like you've stumbled and fallen and failed. It's you are on the sidelines, buddy, and you are never getting called up into the game. I mean, that's like Pepe Le Pew numbers, dude. Like, come on, baby. You know, like, you know, Pepe Le Pew was like, he was a creepy dude. I think Pepe Le Pew is officially canceled. <laughs> I mean, you're not allowed to be like Pepe anymore. <laughs> that guy was the epitome of persistence. He was the epitome of creepy. Well, <laughs> persistence, creepy. Yeah, yeah. Same. Persistence, persistence doesn't get the job done anymore. A woman already knows; she'll give you the social cues or whatever. It's, but when she stops texting you back, just go with it, dude. It is really interesting that there's a lot of you know we talked earlier about this rah rah business mentality and a lot of these clips and phrases and buzzwords get thrown out. You can't apply those same mentalities to dating. When you no. do, you end up on the front page. I'm going to win. Today's the day. Or you look at yourself in the mirror. Today's the day. She's going to love me. Yeah. No, you, dude. You cannot will another person into having amorous feelings. For you. No, it doesn't work that way anymore. And if you keep trying, you're going to end up in jail or getting sued. And it's... Like at some point, at some point, dude. There was this there was this caveman with his club on. He's like, what do you mean we can't hit him anymore? <laughs> like, right? You have to evolve. You have to change. And George, I am not gonna pretend to be an expert on the dating scene or that I have any idea what's going on. But you know, in my personal life I kind of skipped online dating just based on the good time you, of man. my relationships and good for you. I, I don't know that it's good for me. But I also have no idea what that's like. <laughs> I, I've never had to like woo a girl over text message. Oh, and I just talked to them. And, you know, I met my now ex-wife on a blind date. And we sat down face to face, even though we had never met in person and talked. Okay. And, you know, there was no text messaging. There was no swiping. No. And, you know, you run into girls at a bar and you're like, I think that girl might be somebody worth talking to. Yeah, exactly. You get her number. You shoot your shot. And you And sometimes it's a full court shot. Because you know you're out of your league. You're like, ah. Did it go in? Oh, it went in. Right? Sometimes it do. Sometimes it don't. But the time that it happened, it's magic. Right? But you also got immediate feedback in that process. If that girl threw a drink in your face or literally said nothing and turned around to her group of friends. Dude wasn't broke. This what no. this dude wasn't lonely. No. I mean, he might have been lonely. I can't speak to that. But he, this dude, this dude had millions of dollars. 
He was a professional baseball scout. Right? At the time, yep. He wasn't he was a GM a, yet. He wasn't he was a GM a yet. He was a professional baseball scout, and he made lots of money. Decent more amount. Probably in the top 5% of earners in the country. Okay? Because when you start talking about two, three million dollars a year, you're in rare air. Again, I don't know. I don't think baseball scouts make that much, but he's making six figures. Seven. Again, I'll give him seven. I don't think baseball scouts make that much because I know how much baseball scouts make. Okay. But he's making six figures. I mean, but for level. him to go to GM, I think he was probably was in some rare air. He's in the he's in the major league baseball world. If I walk into a bar in St. Louis in the last two years and say, Hey, you know what? I drive the Zamboni at the Blues game. Holler at me. He's like, ching, ching. Hi. You know, that's, that's, that's just social capital. But he, he has a Forget few about feathers. the money. He has social capital. He has a few feathers in his cap. That would make he has social correct. capital, right? Sure. And so my point is, this wasn't some loser guy. Well, he, he was a loser. But there's some loser guy living in a basement somewhere. That's my point. He had some credibility that would make him attractive to someone of the opposite sex looking for an amorous partner. Oh, I thought you meant she was out for the money. Uh, no, that would be <laughs> a gold digger. A plenty of Perkins waitresses out there that mm-hmm. would have been happy to have him. Tiger, rest in peace. Tiger's um, not dead. Tiger's career was dead when he started shopping at Perkins. No, he, hey, you know what? I, re- I watched the documentary this weekend. The Perkins girl was before... The wreck. Yeah, the National Enquirer. You got to watch it. It's only two parts, and I watched them both. They paid the National Enquirer to squash the story, but once everything came out, the Perkins girl kind of followed. But he was doing the Perkins girl before all of the other women came out, and that was the whole thing with the Perkins girl. It wasn't rock bottom. He was he was on the, he was already. So sometimes men make bad decisions, um, but again. I have no sympathy for this guy. Who? Tiger? The Mets guy. Oh. Never have I sent a picture of my junk to anyone. But he should have gotten the point at some after 62 unreturned messages. 62? No, he was done by 62. He should have got the message at like six. But I, I also have no frame of reference for dating in the text message era or trying to like, you know, how do you woo somebody over a text message? I well, I got annoyed today. A client sent me a text message that was like, I had to scroll that three times. No, it wasn't. I showed you one. You showed me one, but a client sent me one. I had to scroll three times to read this whole thing. No punctuation, no capitalization. <laughs> it was a, like a three-page text message sentence. And I, I get annoyed at that. I can't imagine trying to like date someone and convey a message. So much has changed. For guys in the last three to five years about dating, that just finding your way is hard enough. Mm, you know, absolutely. Some you swipe on some chick on Tinder, and you're just one of seventy five. Whoever gets there first or has the coolest message or the coolest response, you know, that's how you have to separate yourself from the herd. So, a friend of mine, female friend, sure. I can't remember what swiping app she's on. She gets two hundred messages a day. I'm sure, sure. But the just the audacity and the things that these guys are. She showed me some of the messages. The Correct. Some of these things. She that, probably got some solicited. <laughs> but some of the things that these guys are willing to like write down. Right. There's a record of. You take a screen capture of. Yeah. It's just 
mind-blowing. Yeah, it's probably somewhere. It's probably criminal. And you know, I see, you know, and then you, you know, we used to we used to make make jokes about the guys that used to always have their shirt off on social media. They're just trying to. They're doing whatever they can to get the attention. It just, it all comes back to peacocky, right? It's right. Like animalistic instinct. We want Correct. to show off our assets Correct. to the opposite Correct. sex. Correct. But I feel like the things that people are doing to peacock these days have no semblance anymore of like couthness or civility. And again, and you I'm, take away, I'm outside of that looking right. in. But then you take away say that. Then you take away the club and the, the strip clubs and the bars and the 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 parties and the social gatherings all together and church. Like you take away they're like, where am I supposed to be a woman? I don't know. I just got all of this testosterone. What am I supposed to do with it? It's like ah and you know, guys go crazy. That's why I can move the needle back in this guy's direction, probably about 0.025%. Well, and from a legal but from the crazy part, no. From a legal perspective, and I think just a common sense perspective, I went crazy because I had no other outlet. Oh, I'm sorry. That, that I can't even move the needle way. back that direction because yeah. I heard it happened three years ago. <laughs> he, he can't even blame it on COVID. He, he, wasn't, he didn't do it during COVID. He can't blame it on the quarantine. It's just, it's unbelievable to me, but... I don't have like a better option. I, I don't have any advice for guys where I'm like, well, here's the proper way to approach a woman. There is, there is. Message. There's only synergy, dude. I, I can only point out the really bad examples and say, don't do that. Dude, at this point, it's only synergy. That's it. Have you seen that movie? That's the only Hitch? thing you can depend on these days. Guys out there, girls out there, everybody, it's only synergy. That's the only thing you have to go off of. Everything else, Forget it. Have you seen the movie Hitch with Will Smith? Oh, of course. A couple times. Three times. It's five times. Classic rom-com. Girls love that stuff. Yeah. But the idea, right, is he's a dating coach. I remember that. Like, loser dudes. Hey, I don't want to say loser guys. Guys that guys are down can't get out of their own way. Guys that can't get out of their own way. Down on luck with the ladies. They hire Will Smith, and he teaches them some basic moves and how to just to communicate with a the lady. They find love. And this might be a real thing, but I think there is absolutely a market for that in 2021. Sure. Like the online dating coach helps you set up your profile, teaches you how to communicate with a lady to not come off criminal or creepy or 62 text messages. You know what? As a dude, I would hire a lady to do that. I would not hire another dude. I'm just saying, I think there's a market for that. There might already be that I'm just completely oblivious to. Yeah, sure. But... We will, you know, there's lots of areas in our life we hire coaches for because we don't know the rules of the game and we don't know how to exceed at the game. We hire business coaches to help with the business plan. Mm-hmm. We hire lawyers to help us with our legal fundamentals. Sure. We have speaking coaches that help us become better speakers. Sure. Man, like, if I was trying to date right now, I don't even know what the rules are. It'd be nice if I had a coach to be like, hey, Matt, here's what left means, here's what right means. Here's if you double tap this. I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there. Here's what girls would think your profile is. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. They're calling the cops. You got to smile. You got to smile in your profile picture. You look less threatening. I would think so, but maybe makes you look like a serial killer. (laughs) It depends on the smile. I mean, (laughs) if it looks forced, then yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, uh, am I showing too many teeth? Like, like, like that Sheldon Cooper smile. Like, eh. no, dude, I'm good. But I, I think there's clearly lots of rules of not to do. Like, my Facebook direct message just gets dry humped by shirtless dudes that are trying to sell me weight loss plans. No. Yeah. And FYI, Facebook land, 
never going to buy anything from a guy <laughs> with a shirt off in his profile photo. Well, you know what, man? Just you not. Have, just not going to do it. I, I swipe past that because it, it's just, you know, it doesn't interest me. Well, it's all. not even on my feed. They're, like, sending me messages. Uh, They're like, Matt, you look fat. And you sit at a desk all day. Uh, I'm like, and I, that's about as far as I get. That's fine. So... Oh, you have a, trans- you have a transition from this, huh? Yeah, heck yeah, man. It's kind of in the same vein because it's all about the world we're living in now. Aldi. Mm. Your, your, your people. My people? Yeah, you know, it's a German-owned it company. It's a German-owned company. Apparently, they're willing to pay their uh, employees to take the old uh, COVID vaccine. And we talked about this briefly a couple of weeks ago. With the advent of the COVID vaccine, a lot of people are nervous on both sides mm-hmm. some people are nervous about i get the vaccine and i go to work but my coworkers haven't got it mm-hmm. or the flip side of that people are worried can my employer fire me for not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. i think aldi has kind of found a middle path <laughs> is it though <laughs> I, absolutely i mean they're not requiring they're not saying your job if i got the this. vaccine why am i worried about my employees not having it a lot of people Worry about stuff like that, or they're worried about it spreading to a customer that comes in who also doesn't have it. I haven't got a grasp on this, but they still, even after they get the vaccine, they still gotta wear the mask at work. They're not paying the employees to directly, they're giving them four hours of vacation time or free time, paid vacation time or paid free time, or sick days or whatever it is sure. so you could take four hours off at some point it's paid though i mean it's, it's a, paid it's, an it's, it's an incentive sure again i, I think that but you still got to mask up after you take it the difference between requiring people to get it or else you're fired versus here's an incentive to go get it like a really good one mm-hmm. it's not like oh we'll pay for the vaccine and give you 10 bucks like four or five days vacation days like pretty good no four hours Oh, is it just four hours? It's four hours. I didn't say four or five. Okay, no, four hours. That's not as good. Half a shift. Yeah, it's not as good. A part-time shift. Um, Again, I still think the carrot is better than the stick for this instance. Okay. But yeah, there's a lot of, I think, common sense problems with the way the companies are kind of rolling out. Now that there is a vaccine, they're trying to roll it out and implement it. And it's still not even available for everybody yet. It's frontline medical workers, nurses, janitorial staff that work at hospitals. Sure. So I'm technically in group like 1B. Billy Jr. Working at Aldi, running the cash register 20 hours a week. Part-time, trying to pay his way through school or whatever he's doing. You know, trying to contribute to the household. He goes and takes this COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. But what happens is Billy Jr. comes back to work is like, well, you still got to wear a mask. You still got to do everything that you were doing before you got the vaccine. Well, hey, here's 40 bucks because we're paying you $10 an hour. Yeah, I didn't realize that their incentive was so low. I thought it was going to be a little bit higher than that. No, it's four, it's four hours of paid time. Yeah. You know, I, and I think a lot of that, George, comes back to we have so many more questions than answers on COVID. Sure. We have on the vaccine itself. 
on just like, you know, how do we get through this together, I think is still a big question. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I don't have any survey data to back me up on this, but a new strand <laughs> came in from Europe and is like reinfecting folks in New York. And apparently they're getting COVID for the second time, but it's a different strand of COVID. It doesn't and I don't know if the vaccine addresses that or doesn't. I don't know if the scientists or the CDC have even thought about these things. I'm mm -hmm. sure they have. But mm -hmm. I don't know if they've got answers for us. And again, I think all of this, all the pandemic, all of the uncertainty comes back to you know, way more questions than answers. And there's nobody really stepping up in any respect to say, here's the answers or here's how we're going to get those answers. Local, <laughs> national, within our groups. The problem that I have with it for any corporation and retail is probably the number one public facing, right? They're interacting with consumer face to face. No, it, their business model is predicated on not having full time employees, 25 to 30 hour employee. So we don't have to pay them benefits. These people are part time employees because I've been in I've been inside of those chains and. They start sending people home at 38 hours or 34 hours because at 35 hours, you're a full time. We got to pay you as a full time employee. And if you do this for two or three weeks in a row, it's kind of hypocritical for you to turn around and say, oh, I'll pay you $40 to get the vaccine. I'm not going to give you any freaking health care, but I'll give you four hours off to go take this vaccine. But the, the other four or five years that you've been working for me, I didn't give a shit about your health care. Right. So for those four or five hours, you're not doing that. You're not doing that employee a favor. What you're doing is saying that I've been forced into a situation where I got to do something. And eh, here's four hours. And don't get me wrong. I love Aldi. All right. I'm not I'm not because I, this is going to be a trend. And I want the people to know that they're not doing you a favor. OK. Right. Because they've sent you home. At 30 hours because they didn't want to pay. They didn't want to make you a full time employee. But now they're going to give you four. Oh, four free hours. That's insulting. I, I mean, that's one way to look at it. The other is, you know, that's their business model. And if you're an employee and that's the job that you can find or that you're qualified for. Sure. You know, that's the model you're in. Sure. And I know this debate rages a lot over the minimum wage. Like, oh, well, McDonald's doesn't pay a living wage. It pays a minimum wage. Mm -hmm. We need to raise the minimum wage to a living wage. And, you know, the pushback on that, and I, I think I fall somewhere in the middle, is that, well, those are entry-level jobs. You're not supposed to live on an entry-level job the rest of your life. Correct. You're supposed to learn some skills, get promoted, progress, improve, and you know, leverage those skills into a bigger, better profession sure. or a career. And I think arguably a lot of those 25 to 30 hour a week jobs are the same thing, right? Sure. They're entry level. They pay entry level wages. Mm -hmm. They have entry level expectations. And that's the other thing a lot of people don't want to talk sure. about sure. is the expectations of that guy checking out your groceries for 25 hours a week <laughs> are pretty low. Ah, man, I don't feel good today. I don't think I can make it. Well, I mean, you know so, what I mean? Those phone calls you get at those at that wage? Well, and the manager you don't says, get those. You don't get that okay. phone call at 100 grand. Absolutely not. So I think... I agree with you that they're not taking care of their health care. They're not, you know, considering them full-time workers. They are essentially kind of a disposable worker. There's always a next guy up, next guy up. Oh, yeah, they've got tax applications. But I, don't, I wouldn't say it's insulting to say, hey, we realize there's a big situation here. We're going to give you some time if you go take care of this. 
I, I think it is a middle ground between requiring to even have that job, understanding that they may not have enough money to buy the vaccine, and saying, okay, we're just going to roll the dice. And They're not paying for the vaccine, though. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if all the employees have all the employees have access to getting the vaccine right now. That's the biggest well, question. Right now, nobody does. Because right now, right. only medical workers or frontline right. medical staff do. Sure. So like I said, I'm in group like 1C as a pro- professor and an educator. I'm entitled to get it before most people. Mm-hmm. But they're still, in, at least in Missouri, there's not a schedule of when I can get it. I think it's a, it's a gesture. More so than it is a way to really show that you care about your employees. Like I said, I don't dis- I don't agree with that, but I don't take the opposite side either. I think it's a middle ground because when you say, let's say four hours off, five hours off, round numbers, and they make ten bucks an hour, fifty bucks. That's not much for Aldi when you're thinking about a single employee. <laughs> but you're thinking about all those employees. Well, they got a thousand employees like that. Or do they have 10,000 employees like that? Sure. Let's say they or got they 100,000 employees like that. So we're talking about half a half, half, a, half, half a million billion, dollars. Half a million dollars. Half a million dollars to let everybody, to incentivize people just to go get the vaccine. Yeah, they probably lose that in produce in a year. I, again, dude, I don't know what their financials look like, but when you extract these big companies, when you extrapolate what seems very insignificant to the individual across the corporate structure. Sure. Those are big numbers. Sure. but And it is a gesture. It absolutely is. But I don't think it is completely hollow. But you know what's going to I don't think up? it's a throwaway. Yeah. But it, it, it's, it, it's to the, to the, when you bring it down to the grassroots and the employees that it's affecting, nothing changes when they show up back to work the next day. Well, apparently they've got the COVID vaccine and aren't going to get COVID or spread it to consumers. Depending on what they're health, each other. but they're doing it without any health care from the company that's incentivizing it. And does that $50 really cover it and matter at the end of the day? And honestly, well, and it might, it might not. I think that is kind of a bigger question that I don't know the answer to. When COVID become the vaccine becomes available to the wide public, who pays for that? Like, can we just go down and get it for free at, no. you know, Walgreens? Or does it cost me? Five hundred bucks. You don't think you don't think I don't you, I don't know. You don't think Kaiser Permanente and Blue Cross Blue Shield ain't gonna get their cut first? Somebody's getting paid. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean there's gonna be some copays involved in this at the at the end of the day. Oh sure. Everybody's gonna get their cut. Right? But if you, everybody's getting their cut. If you're the federal government and you are really that worried about this vaccine making a difference nationwide, you better find some way to subsidize that there injection. Have, there, there, there have been and we talked about this before, the ideas thrown about thrown out about the government paying people to take it as well. Well, and being tied to your tax return and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, we talked about it. But, I mean, I think this is, hopefully, it's a real problem just around the corner. What happens when people just can't afford the 50 bucks or the 500 bucks to get the vaccine? Because I think it's a series of shots. Yeah. What if you can't afford it? What if you what if you, what if what if, between rent or getting this vaccine? What if you just get to the point where it's, you know what? While I'm getting this injection in my arm, they're telling me there's a new strand coming. So why not just wait it out? Say, hey, you know what? I'll get it when all, all the strands. And there'll never be all the strands. I get that. Well, I'll wait till there's at least six strands, and then I'll get mine. That's how they do the flu vaccine every year. The flu vaccine is usually the most 
the 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 strain that they predict will be the most prevalent, Correct. right? But they've because also it's all working, off of science. They've also been working that science for for decades. fifty years. Yeah. In the COVID, they've been working it for fifty months? weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a lot of questions on the science of it that I'm never going to know the answers to. I'm just going to hopefully take somebody's words that they're telling me the truth. Sure. And I think that's kind of sad. It is. I can't trust the government. I can't trust the scientists. But what am I going to do about it? We have the entire country in the catch-22. You know, whether you believe it or whether you don't believe it, you're screwed. And I mean, if Bill Gates is putting microchips in the vaccines, which I don't think he really is. But if he is, what what am I going to do about it? We're all going to be mind-controlled. We're gonna either We're gonna all going to be mind-controlled. We're going to get it. We don't. And some employers are going to require it or they're not going to let you go back to work. That's we all love the sci-fi movies when we were watching them, but we didn't want to go through them. Well, nobody does. <laughs> we don't, don't want, we don't want Terminators running down the street. Well, we don't want, you know, we don't want 12 monkeys running down the street or uh, 28 days later running down the street. We don't want The Walking Dead. We don't want any of that. But... And again, some of that stuff is true. Well, we are living through. We just wanted George Jesson to give us FaceTime. That's it. We are living through a sci-fi film script right now. This is the prologue to zombies or computers took over or aliens are involved somehow. Or like the lizard people came up from the subterranean cavern and like didn't have to wear human skin anymore. I mean... The things that are going on right now and the things that people are saying about what's going on right now are crazy. Well, and that's the thing about it. Everybody's processing the information based on their own echo chambers. That makes the narrative worse because there is no universal way of thinking. There's no universal movement. There's no universal thought. The, The hardest part about this is the division amongst the people. So if the people were to come together and say, hey, you know what? We're all going to take take the vaccine or we're all not going to take the vaccine. Pick a side. Right. But if we all were on the same page, then it would be a whole lot better than what it is now. You throw in the divisiveness of a society into a society, which was before all of this. Boy, we were doing a good job of coming together. I saw more hugs and more love and more peace and more understanding and more unity in 2016, 2017. Then, you know, and it was looking all good. And then now. Well, in Georgia, a big part of that, I think, is that we as a society, we don't have a unified voice, but we don't have an unbiased news source. Every place you get the news has an agenda. We don't have an unbiased view from our government. The government has an agenda, and everybody in it has an agenda. Correct. And like you said, it all comes back to an echo chamber. We only every listen- individual has well, an agenda. But we only listen to the sources that support our view. What you already think? We don't listen to the sources that disagree with us, or that would challenge our view, or help us understand the other side is thinking. Even because that doesn't feel good. Even when people were storming the Capitol building. And all of this coverage was going on, I would watch CNN for 20 minutes, and I'll switch to Fox. And then I'll go back to one, and I'll go to another. I'll go to the local, and then I'll come back. Because I want to see what everybody's saying. Because in order for me to know what the hell to think, I need to know what everybody's saying. If I'm just listening to one side, left all the time, or right all the time, 
and there's nothing in the middle because nobody's giving us that, like you said, the news is the news. Verified facts. That is what the news is. Where right? do you get that from? Hmm? Where do you get that anymore? You you have to read in between the lines. Well, so it doesn't. And the exist. rest of it is commentary. We <laughs> we live in the world. We live in the world, and I said this before. We live in the world of commentary. Sure. Anytime that there's four people up on the screen all talking and yelling at each other, that's commentary. And I guess that's we don't point. live in the world of news anymore. Well, yeah, this news, is what happened. The news doesn't exist because it isn't. Hear the facts. You go think about what you think. And George, I applaud you for going to all those different channels, but I know that you are odd in that respect. I think it's a good odd, but average Joe citizen isn't doing that. No, because they're going to automatically assume that the other person... Well, he's flicking on whatever channel supports his views, whether it's Fox or CNN or BBC, and as he stays there. He's not right. flicking around. And so literally you went from... American heroes attempt to overthrow tyrants to anarchy besets D.C. Civil liberties offend. Like, there is a God-given trait called discernment. And when you are only listening to people who are already feeding you what you already know, you don't have to use it. It's not exercised. Mm -hmm. Right? You're not exercising your discernment by listening to people that already support what you believe. So... The only way you're going to practice, exercise that muscle and make it stronger is to listen to somebody that's telling you exactly what you don't want to hear and, and find out where the 10% of truth is in that. Because there's always, a little, nothing, there's always enough truth in there for you to buy into it, right? Like magic. I don't need to know how you're doing the trick. I already know there's a trick. But I'm going to sit here and watch you. He didn't really pull that rabbit out of the hat? No, it might even be a real rabbit. I don't know how they do it. It comes down to, I want to, I want to understand what, and you always reference the art of war, right? Who doesn't want to study the person on the other side? It's like playing chess. How can I decide who, or who my enemy is if I'm not understanding the moves that they're making and I'm only worried, I'm only trying to attack? Attack, attack. If you only attack all the time, you're going to lose because you forget how to defend. Well, and again, that comes back, I think, to the underlying problem and a lot of the things we've talked about today is that people aren't doing that. No. They don't want it. They don't want it. They don't want it to. They're lazy. Well, because it's uncomfortable. Hearing that other person's Uncomfortableness leads to laziness. Well, hearing that other perspective... That is in direct contradiction to what you believe or challenges what you, you believe. You get offended. Well, you, it's not even offended. I'm offended. Oh. It's hard to hear. Tucker Carlson said this. It's hard to hear. Anderson Cooper said that. It doesn't make you feel good. It makes you feel bad. It does. And people shy away from things that make them feel bad. But growth and success comes from growth, but growth comes from pain. Correct. And it doesn't have to literally be like my arm got cut off kind of pain. It could just be like, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. I have to work five more hours. Yeah. Or I have to get up 20 minutes earlier. Yeah. Or I have to listen to somebody I don't necessarily agree with to see if I can pick up 10% more information. Or I can find that middle ground with this person so I can oh, sell them something or make them a to? consumer of mine. Don't yeah. tell me that you want unity. 
and that you want peace if you're not willing to do that. If you're not willing to listen to what the other person has to say or what the other side has to say, then you don't truly want unity. You don't truly want peace because the other side is telling you their feelings, their emotions, their background, their history. I, it's, sim- it's that simple. Because the world doesn't care where you were born or where you die. The world cares and the universe cares about what kind of energy you bring into the table and karma. Every day you're throwing out boomerangs. Every day you're just throwing out boomerangs. And guess what? You're throwing out the right boomerangs, the right boomerangs are going to come right. You just got to keep throwing those boomerangs because that's, that's the karma. You're throwing those boomerangs. All that stuff is coming back. Every bit of it is coming back. You know, I, I don't know that I agree with that. All right. Because there's a lot of times you throw boomerangs and they don't come back. They always come back. That's not true. They just don't come back in the form that you think they're going to come back in. Actually, Australian hunting boomerangs are not intended to come back. You, like, smack the wallaby and it stays there. But I understand what you're saying. The point is, is if you don't put that out there, it isn't ever going to come back. Correct. Like, if you just keep that positivity or that energy or those ideas to yourself, mm-hmm. and you don't share them with people, you're never going to get them back. A lot of times that leads to madness. But if you are willing to share the vitriol, you're willing to share those negative views and that negative energy, you better be sure that's going to come back. Yeah. Because that stuff's easy to give away. It's also really easy to push on somebody else. And then you wonder why. And then they just push it right back on you. And it might not be that person. If I help a homeless person or if I help a, a, a very rich person, it doesn't matter. I might not, that rich person might not ever do anything for me. And that homeless person might one day, I might have a crash right where he's, he stopped at. And that joker might save my life. You just don't know. You you don't expect, you do it without expectation. You you become a giver by nature. You become a human being who's sharing with the rest of the world by nature. You empower other people by nature. You know, and you know my story. I got burned out on helping people mm-hmm. because I was giving it to a lot of people who were just taking advantage of me, right? And so my, my capital was like this. But now what I realize is that that, t- that time and energy wasn't wasted on those people. It's showing itself back in me now as, oh, okay, how much more powerful are you now, George? How much smarter are you now, George? How much more confident are you now, George? Because you gave it away to people that were taking it away, and you could have easily said, fuck this, I'm going to lay down, I'm never going to help another motherfucker because these people took advantage of me, but I didn't. I got up and I started doing it again, and the, my reward was that I'm a better man now because they took from me. Well, you learned the lesson. You also learned about how to give away that energy. And I think that's, again, something that isn't captured on the internet meme. You're like, morning affirmation on Instagram doesn't capture this. <laughs> you know, it's there is a way and a method to give that positive energy, to give those positive vibes away. 